everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Peak, And today happens to be after Christmas time. I know that I wanted to get on here and do a Christmas thank you to everybody for tuning in and being a part of the podcast and being a guest on the podcast and, you know, calling and sending me notes and all that fun stuff. And I appreciate every bit of it. Um, this has been an interesting year, to say the least, and I'm going to do a year-end wrap-up. Uh, in the coming week, because we are finishing out uh, what most people would consider the worst year of their life, um, me included. <clears throat> now, I said that to also say this. There's been a lot of good things that have happened this year. Um, I've really, I've had time to reflect and think about how blessed I am in so many ways. Um, and I'll talk more about that as the week comes, but a lot of people want to say that 2020 was the worst year ever, and in some respects, they're correct, um, but maybe not. There's always a silver lining. So I'm going to talk about that, but first I want to talk about stuff I heard, okay? Because that's what the podcast is. So um, many of you know that I listen to Two Bears, One Cave, and I've been watching them on YouTube since I'm, I'm not out and about. I don't get to listen to podcasts that much. Now I tend to watch them more than anything. Um, I've been listening to Two Bears, One Cave, and Bert and Tom um, are buddies, and they're both stand-up comedians, and they had a physical challenge with each other to play tennis. And in that tennis match, they found out that Bert is a really good server, um, but they both kind of suck at tennis. I mean, they're good enough to, to play each other, but that's about it. Bert won, so they wanted to come up with a new challenge, so they came up with basketball. And there's videos that are online now of them playing basketball against a legitimate basketball player, two-on-one. And this guy's just wearing them out. Um, now, both these guys played when they were younger. They were pretty good. But uh, now, not so much. I mean, age and extra weight just has no, no love. So, as they were filming content, apparently uh, Tom went up to dunk it on a nine-foot goal and did. And they went, okay, let's raise it a little bit. So they raised it just a little bit more. And the second time he went to dunk it, he broke his arm and his leg. So he had to have extensive surgery, and he's been out of the show. Um, there is a new Your Mom's House podcast with his wife, Christina Pajinski, um, who's also a stand-up comedian, um, where it looks like he's on a Zoom conference call from a bed. I don't know if it's a hospital bed or their bed, but he looks like he's Zoom conferencing in to be part of the podcast um, on the two bears, one cave, they've had to pivot a little bit and they've had celebrity guests on to take the spot that is normally filled by the other guy. Now in the past, we've seen Bert gone because he's been on tour. He's one of the few comedians who's actually on tour because he's been able to figure out how to do it in a drive-in movie theater experience that apparently a lot of people have tried to emulate since then. And he's done it really successfully and safely. Like, their big thing is, you know, they don't want any, to anybody to spread coronavirus, but they also still want them to be able to go out and enjoy their life and be able to perform and do their jobs and be able to, you know, he wants to entertain and make people forget about their problems for just a little while. And he figured out how to do that. Well, while he was gone, Tom had celebrity guests on and it was different comedians. And one weekend it was Bert's wife, Leanne, which she has her own podcast, Wife of the Party. Um, so with, with Tom out now, Bert's kind of carrying the load. And it's interesting because 
this last week he had Whitney Cummings on, which I don't know if you guys know, Whitney is a mega mogul in Hollywood. She's not only a stand-up comedian, a very funny stand-up comedian, uh, but she also creates shows that are on TV. She is sort of the co-creator of Two Broke Girls and a few other projects, The Roseanne Show. I mean, she's a producer, a writer, a filmmaker. She makes her own independent films. She's kind of a big deal. And she has her own podcast, Good For You, which is largely thanks to Bert. I mean, Bert kept telling her over and over again, you know, you should be doing a podcast. You would kill it. As much as you like being on podcasts and talking to people, you're missing out. And so she sort of did from that. And I've talked about her podcast on here a good bit. Well, the problem is, is the fans of Two Bears, One Cave are not Whitney fans. A lot of the fans of Bert are not Whitney fans. I am. I enjoy her. This podcast was tough to listen to because Bert's all over the map and both of them have ADD or ADHD or both. They're both all over the map and neither one of them is reining the other one in. And uh, so it's it's a bit chaotic for a lot of it. Um, Whitney has tried to sort of, you know, take up the slack where is needed um, with Tom, with with Joe Rogan gone. I mean, she can sort of pivot and become the female Joe Rogan in Los Angeles. Um, she has a compound of a house. She apparently has the money to buy up the houses next to her and is doing so and has people live with her and they're sort of, you know, creating and enjoying creating in a space where they're safe. And she's been able to do podcasts with Zoom. She's been able to test people when they come in, just like Joe did. And she is a draw. I mean, she's a powerhouse. So she came on. She did Two Bears, One Cave. It was great. I enjoyed it. It was way longer than it normally is because normally Tom regulates that they want to do right at about an hour, hour and 15. And then he's like, all right, that's it. And Bert's like, wait, wait, we didn't even talk about someone. He goes, next time, next time. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So without Tom there to rein it in, kind of Bert's left to his own devices. And this week he's got Drew Pinsky on. Now, I haven't seen this week's episode. It just popped up on my feed today. And I'm like, ooh, that's going to be good because – they're good together. Um, Drew is a podcaster. You guys know Dr. Drew. He's been on your television, your internet, your radio. He did Loveline. He did a lot of other things. He has Dr. Drew After Dark. He still does uh, the Adam and Dr. Drew show with Adam Carolla. And he has his own show, Dr. Drew, whatever. Just just Google Dr. Drew. You're going to find 10 different podcasts that, have his, that he's actively doing along with uh, a dozen other that he's done as a guest. Very smart guy. He just wants to help people. And he also is entertaining. Um, so he's a guest. And I'm looking forward to that. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I've been looking for Joe, though. Because Joe's gone from regular podcast sources. Like, I can't download Joe like I used to now that he's signed this Spotify deal. And Spotify is not easy to work. I don't know what your experience with, but is with Spotify, but I've not had a good experience so far. I signed up for Spotify and went to use my password and my name that I created on my phone. And it goes, sorry, I don't know what that is. And I was like, I just created it on my laptop. How can you not know what it is on my phone? So I had to create a new password. Then it wouldn't work on my laptop. And then I went to watch it on my fire, t- on my, on my fire stick for the TV. It didn't know what it was either. I had to go back and rechange the password a third time. And I was like, this is so stupid. This whole network, the way you guys are running this is awful. And then once I get it up and running, I can't watch the video. Like, there's no video function for a Fire Stick 
You can watch it on a laptop or your phone, maybe. I can't figure out how to get it on my phone. I can watch the video on my laptop, and that's it. Now, I am in a position where I am injured, I am at home, I am healing. I could turn on the TV and watch Joe interview some really interesting people. There are some, there are some podcasts that he's done that I want to check out, and I can't anymore unless I listen to it. I can't watch it anymore. He did one with Suzanne Santos and, and Gary Clark Jr. again. I love Suzanne Santo. I would love to see it. I can't. I can listen to it. I just can't see it unless I watch it on my laptop. And to watch it on my laptop, I got to be in here. I mean, why can't I put it on my TV? Why is Spotify so crappy? I mean, they spent all this money to have Joe on, and I'm, I can't even consume his content anymore. Now, thankfully, YouTube has clips of the show, and I've been watching clips of the show. He's got the whatever channel it is that's just small clippets of the show. And it's sort of a genius idea. Um, it's got me thinking about how I talk about multiple things on a podcast, and yet I should be breaking these videos up into snippets and titling them and having them be on discussion topics. And that way somebody doesn't have to listen to two hours of me yapping to find something that they're interested in. But that's, that's just a lot of extra stuff to do. I don't know if you guys understand the production on that, but it takes a lot more. It takes an engineer, and I'm not an engineer. Um, as much as I'm trying to learn how to put all this together, and I pride myself on being able to figure a lot of this stuff out, it requires a lot of time and energy that I still don't have uh, to learn. Um, I mean, doing a podcast, let's say I record an hour podcast with you guys. It takes me another at least hour to two hours to do all the work behind the scenes before you guys get to listen to it or watch it on YouTube. Now you take that and then you go, okay, now I'm going to devote a few more hours to break this up into segments so that you guys can, can get snippets. And, and honestly, it would be worth my while if I did it right now because I could figure out how to do it and get more proficient at it. And probably moving down the road, I could just go, Hey, yeah, I figured that part out. I can just do that whenever I have free time. And that is a possibility, but I can't stress this enough. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't, I feel like I'm using so much energy just to do this, that it's, it's hard to uh, entertain, create, keep on topic, keep pace with everything, pay attention to all of the, the technical aspects of everything and then go, okay, now I'm going to put on my production hat and do production for the next couple of hours or days. I mean, I'm sure Joe has a group of people working for him that does that. And that is really awesome. And maybe he could get some of those people to figure out how we could watch it on Spotify on our fire TV. I mean, I got a fire stick, dude. If anybody out there's figured this part out, how about reach out to me and let me know what I'm doing wrong because I'm a pretty smart guy and I've done a lot of research and I still can't get it to work on my TV. It's making me crazy. Uh, Richard Rawlings. I started listening to that interview on my laptop and then I went in the living room and that's where I went down the black hole of figuring out I couldn't watch it on my TV. And then I just quit listening to it because I was like, well, I guess I'm done with that episode. Um, I did get on the YouTube TV part of it and I watched clips of him interviewing a, a, an astronaut that spent 200 days in outer space. Um, he talked about, you know, coming back to earth and getting reclimatized back to gravity and, and, 
how you lose muscle density and bone density when you're in space and you got to keep it up. And there's all kinds of things that you have to keep think about when you're working out such as I didn't know this, but they can't exactly run on a treadmill to keep their cardio up because not just because of the gravity aspect, but just the movement of them making contact with the treadmill, the pounding causes a vibration that could actually shake the space station apart. Anything above a certain amount of vibration it's not meant to take like it's just hovering up there in outer space and it's got oxygen for them to breathe, but it's not meant to take the impact of even vibrations um, from a treadmill. But he was, he was sort of explaining how they do it. And I'm sure they showed a video. I didn't get to watch the video, but I'm sure they showed a video of what the thing is or somehow pulled it up on the internet. You know, young Jamie's good at that kind of stuff. So anywho, um, yeah, Spotify. I'm real pissed off about it. Uh, let's go switch gears a little bit and talk about Christmas, okay? Christmas came up, and I was in the holiday spirit, and I wanted to watch some Christmassy movies. And Christmas Eve, I was able to watch all kinds of Christmas stuff that day. I sort of snuck it in on my wife. My wife really doesn't like to watch much TV, and and a lot of times she's on her phone just texting with her girlfriends or, you know, doing whatever, you know, communicating with family and and. I'll just turn the TV on something and then I'll start watching it. She goes, what are you watching? And I'm like, it's this thing. Kind of, you know, matter of factly. Because I figure she's sitting here anyway. She kind of knows I'm going to watch whatever. So we were able to watch a lot of good holiday classics. Um, we started off, though, by watching a thing on Netflix called Movies That Made Us or How, How Movies Got Made. Season 2 or Holiday Special, whatever you want to call it. They did it on two episodes. One was on Elf. Good Christmassy movie, right? Will Ferrell's playing Elf. And the other one was Nightmare Before Christmas. Now, there was a lot of scene, there was a lot of stuff about both of these movies where you go, how did that movie even get made? I mean, holy crap. There's so much about these shows that go into detail about commitments and belief in the studio. And then someone writes a check at some point and they go, okay, we're going to green light this. Okay, well, now what? Like, there's a lot of questions that have to be answered, and a lot of things that have to happen to make things happen. Cool thing about Elf, uh, it was John Favreau's uh, baby project. I mean, he'd only done like one or two other movies. He did Made, and he did Swingers, and then he did Elf, as from what I understand. I could be wrong, but from what I've watched on the show, that's kind of what they led me to believe. Um, and he had like a goal that he wanted this to be an instant movie classic, a holiday classic. Because he said, ultimately, to him, it was a story about uh, a boy looking for his father, wanting to, you know, find his dad. And so he got really behind it, and he did a lot of things that sort of revolutionized the way it looks and the feel of it. And they did a lot of interesting thing with character development and a lot of things with force perspective to make Buddy look bigger than he was. You know, it's just it's very interesting. I highly recommend watching it. Because we watched it, though, we had to watch Elf. So it came on TV, and we watched it, and it was delightful. It was just as much fun to watch it, even after I'd seen all the stuff they did to make it. I actually picked up on more things the second time. Like the the guy who's his boss when he first starts working at Gimbal's is uh, uh, Faison Love, and he's got a name tag that says Wanda, because they had really wanted Wanda Sykes to play the part, and she'd gotten the part, but then she backed out at the last minute. Well, the, the name tag still said Wanda, and he's like, I'm still wearing it. And you can't hardly tell it because he's moving around a lot, but there are moments where you where you can pause it just the right time and you can see it still says Wanda on his name tag. But that was kind of cool. Um, 
<clears throat> but uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, great story about how that was made, how, you know, what's his name? Uh, Tim Burton worked for Disney at one time. Um, they went separate ways. He sort of created this character. It sort of belonged to Disney. They wanted him to do the project, but didn't really want him to do the project. And they did want him to do the project. And it was one of those love-hate scenarios. And when it came out, it really didn't do as great as they'd hoped. And uh, <clears throat> didn't really fit the normal Christmassy vibe, but it became a, a huge cult following once it went to video. Um, they were really surprised when they went overseas. One lady in particular said she went to Japan and there was all of this merchandise that was made around their show. And she's like, I couldn't believe how much merchandise was being sold and bought with our show in mind, with action figures, with t-shirts, with all kinds of stuff. Merchandise wise was blowing up. <clears throat> and if you go to Disney, you know, now, during Halloween and Christmas, Captain Jack, or uh, not Captain Jack, Jack Skellington and all of the Nightmare Before Christmas merch is selling like crazy. And in Disneyland, they do a um, sort of a makeover of the Haunted Mansion where it's Jack Skellington's Haunted Mansion. I mean, <clears throat> you get in that room that expands and he's the one that crashes through the ceiling and comes at you and it's all like 3D and it's really cool looking. Really cool. Really, really cool. They call it an overlay. Anyway, um, great movie. I liked it as a kid. Um, I think I was a teenager when it came out. But I liked it enough to buy it, and I've watched it many, many, many times. Um, kind of neat to see how it was made. So anyway, those are two of them that, that kicked off the bat. And then we watched, like, Miracle on 34th Street. Um, I had forgotten that movie. I haven't seen it in a few years. It was nice to go back and watch it again. Uh, we watched a few things like Frosty the Snowman, the old Hankin and Bass, or uh, Rankin and Bass, Rankin and Bass, yeah, Rankin and Bass. Anyway, I'm messing up the name, sorry. I would have written it down if I knew I was going to talk about it, but I often don't know what I'm going to talk about, so here you go. Um, you're getting the ADD version of Josh. <laughs> Rankin and Bass or something like that. Um, they made that stop motion sort of filming style. That's kind of what, what inspired, uh, the movie Elf and the way they shot it. Uh, Favreau even said, I wanted to look like, like their old style stuff for part of this. So they did. Um, then I watched Frosty the Snowman. I mean, there's all kind of cool little stuff to watch. The Grinch. We watched the, the new version with Benedict Cumberbatch playing the Grinch. And then we watched the, the old original um, I can't remember the guy's name, but it, you know what I'm talking about. The little 20 minute cartoon. Yeah. Cute. Very cute. That one, the first one tends to go more with the book. The second one was kind of creative licensing, I guess you'd call it. Um, both of them great. So with that, we kind of rolled it back into Netflix and I said, Hey, I want to watch this. And I just started playing it because I figured if it sucks, I'll just turn it off. And if it's great, then great. We watched a cool movie. And it was great. Um, it's called Holidate. It's a romantic comedy. It's silly. Uh, the main character, her name is Emma Roberts. It's uh, Julia Roberts' niece, her, her brother's daughter. And she looks a lot like Julia did when she was younger. I don't know how old she is. I didn't Google it or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> but basically, the premise of the show is she keeps showing up for Christmas and New Year's and all this stuff with her family, and they keep trying to set her up on dates, and they're all like, oh, you should meet a man. You need a man. You need a man. And she's like, 
oh, geez, I don't want to go through this pressure. Meanwhile, her aunt is like dating random guys she brings and she tells her, yeah, I'm just picking up this holiday. I picked him up at the mall. We just agreed we're going to go out and have a good time. And then when it's over, he's over. No commitment. So she sort of bumps into this guy who's, I think, Australian. He's got an accent. And he's kind of the handsome guy. You know, they have the meet cute moment where they both talk about, you know, I'm, t- I'm sick and tired of this. I'm sick and tired of that. And I just need a holiday. And they start being each other's holiday. And you can see the writing on the wall. They even address it during the movie of, you know, every time you watch these movies, they're so predictable. And they sort of poke fun at Notting Hill. And <laughs> she goes, I mean, I love it and all, but I mean, you know, it's going to happen. They, they end up together. You know, it's going to happen. And it's, it's, the, it's sort of the movie making fun of the movie they're in. So I thought that was kind of a cute nod. And I don't know if, no, if most people would have gotten that little bit of humor, but I enjoyed the movie. It was very good. It was very funny. And it's got that feel good moment at the end where you go, oh, so anyway, um, so Christmas was coming up, Christmas Day came around, and I had time to watch stuff that was new, and there was a lot of new stuff that came out Christmas Day. Um, I watched George Clooney's movie on Netflix, Midnight Sky, and I know that his wife is, you know, big time into saving the planet, and he's been all on this kick about climate change and, you know, being a, an activist, talking about how we need to we need to save the planet, and man, you know whatever. Um, so this movie is, you know, the planet's dying again, like this happens a lot in his movies. Now, uh, the planet's dying and he's got to, he's got to do something about it, but he can't because he apparently in this movie, he's got cancer. So he's like, he's like, you know, there's a flashback scene where he is the person who discovers some planet that's uh, that's a moon off of Jupiter that we'd never seen before that may be, uh, be able to, sustain life so they have this plan to go there and then they flash forward and he's dying of cancer and he's like you guys go on without me i'll stay here and like he's man in some observatory in the arctic circle he's by himself until he's not (laughs) there's suddenly some little girl there that he's having to talk to and she doesn't say anything but he talks to her and it's really weird and there's something that's happening with radiation on the planet. They don't explain a lot. They just sort of lead you to believe that something has happened. And now the earth is dying and this radiation is killing everybody and it's spreading rapidly. And most of the human race is on this ship that's going off to check out to see if you can live on this planet. And they're, they, they're, they're making a return path back because they went and checked it out and it looks like it's all good. So they're coming back to the planet. Meanwhile, he's trying to make communication with them and tell them don't come back. Like don't, don't land. Go, go back. Go, just go. Save yourself. That's kind of the premise of the movie. And I watched it and I went, okay, on one hand, this is a good movie because it's shot well, it's, it's done well, you, you kind of understand it. But in another sense, it's not good because I don't know that I ever want to watch it again. And, and I mean, do we judge movies on whether or not we're going to watch it more than once? Um, I mean, if there was a prize for for a cool movie that I'm never going to watch again, it just won that prize for 2020. Cool movie, never going to watch it again. Good job. Um, if that's what they were going for, man, they landed it. It is not Elf <laughs> or Nightmare Before Christmas or Miracle on 38th, 34th Street or Grinch or any of that. Um, yeah. Nah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked him in this role. I liked him being an older guy. I liked him 
looking rough. Apparently he got really, really sick filming this thing and lost a crap ton of weight, got, got his pancreas infected and just had a really rough go of it. Um, and he looks rough in it, but it's a good look. I mean, don't get me wrong. You never forget you're looking at George Clooney. He's no Tom Hanks. I mean, Tom Hanks is so good. He makes you forget that, that, that it's Tom Hanks. I mean, when he's on the island in Castaway, he makes you believe that the stupid volleyball is Wilson when it floats away and he's crying. He's like, Wilson! And you're like, I can't believe Wilson's flowing away. And you're like, wait, that's not real? Why am I? Listen, there's only one Tom Hanks, okay? So that's all I'm saying. Um, so pivoting. There were some new things that came out concerning... Oh, wait, wait. Let me let me go back. Let me go back. Sorry. I'm all over the place here. Christmas Day, the movie Soul comes out on Disney+. And it's by Pixar, which is a Disney group. And all of Pixar's movies basically have to do with what if this thing had feelings. In Toy Story, it's what if toys had feelings. In Monsters, Inc., it's what if monsters had feelings. You know, and so on and so forth. I mean, what if planes had feelings? What if cars had feelings? What if, you know, Soul. Now, being a Pixar project, it looks like a cartoon, and you'd think, oh, this is great. I could have my kids watch it. I don't think this is for kids. I think this is the first uh, project that Pixar's put out where I don't think that anyone young is going gonna, is gonna to like it. Um, anyone that's older is going to love it because, to me... <clears throat> To me, it's a story about, I'm not going to spoil anything, but to me, it's a story about wanting to live every moment like it matters and to not take anything for granted, which we're all guilty of. Um, Jamie Foxx is in this. He's the main character. Tina Fey is a very adorable character in this. There's lots of celebrities in this that are very cool. Um, Questlove plays his barber, kind of a pretty cool role. Uh, there's lots of really cool roles. Graham Norton's in this. He's like a hippie guy. Very cool actors playing the parts. Very cool story. Um, it's not for kids. I, I don't think this isn't for kids. I think Soul's for adults. Um, maybe that's why they released it for free. I don't know. I think if it would have gone to the movie theater on Christmas Day, they would have lost money. And that's unfair to them because the project itself was a good project. Uh, I know that they were putting a lot of money into the tagline or the the marketing of, you know, this is a black movie. This is about black families and black people. And then you know, the barbershop is in the beauty and the beauty shop is really, you know, inclusive in this. And we got a lot of black actors playing the lead parts and it's kind of a big deal. And I don't think it's that. I think, listen, it's a movie about a guy who wants his dream to come true, but sort of in the pursuit of that, loses track of what life is and why it's so beautiful and important and is reminded of it. So, Soul was good. And then I watched Wonder Woman 1984. Soul was good. Did I mention Soul was good? <clears throat> yeah. Wonder Woman 1984 
the first Wonder Woman was great. <laughs> I'm trying a very nice way to say that this movie was terrible. Um, this movie was terrible. There, that was a nice way of saying it. There, I feel good about saying it very nicely. This movie was terrible. Uh, Pedro Pascal was in it. You know, you guys know him as the Mandalorian. Um, he's been in a lot of things lately. He's really on fire. The movie's terrible. And that's all I'm going to say about it. You can watch it for yourself. If you're a Wonder Woman fan, the first movie is awesome. And the second movie just tried to be too much of everything. It's just, just terrible. Uh, so yeah, I said that to then talk more about the fact that movies are coming out and TV shows are coming out that all have to do, not movies, TV shows are coming out that all have to do with the Star Wars universe. I normally do the two, the double J Jedi talk with Josh Treadaway. He couldn't be on here today because he had some other thing pop up at the last minute. Um, but, uh, there is a show that I don't know that people know about. It's on Disney plus it's called gallery and it's the behind the scenes making of the Mandalorian and the first season of gallery. They do, I think eight episodes that are in between 20 and 40 minutes long where they talk about the directors, the actors, the stunt work, the technology, the production, the, the story writing, all kinds of stuff like that. And to me, the only one that's worth watching is the fourth episode, which has to do with technology. It has to do with the fact that they've created this room that is floor to ceiling television screens and then around, and it has a uh, video game engine that runs the video that you see so that a lot of the scenes that you think you're watching where they're doing stuff is all filmed inside of this room. It's really fascinating to learn about. Um, for me, I mean, I'm a production guy. I, I really enjoy the, how the sausage was made kind of idea, especially when it comes to really cool stuff that you see and hear and stuff like that. Season two of the gallery is just one episode. It's just, it's like a, an hour and eight minutes and it's great because you get to listen to them talk about how they came up with season two, the actors, the interaction between creating some of these characters that you got to see the discussion of having Grogu have a name, um, Ahsoka Tano entering the star Wars universe and getting her own spinoff show, Boba Fett coming in, having his own spinoff show come from it. Um, you know, Luke Skywalker making an appearance at the last episode, big deal. There's going to be a spinoff show, including him. And with all that, with watching that, I got into a deep dive on YouTube. There are several YouTube pages out there that are really doing uh, a, a very in-depth look at what's coming up. Uh, one in particular, Star Wars Meg, M-E-G. Um, she does a really good job of like talking about what's coming up and asking the questions like I do but sort of making them in three and five minute clips with video from the show and video from the movies to sort of emphasize what she's talking about. It's a lot of production. She's the kind of whoever she's got working for, her or she's doing it herself. It's a lot of production to put out a little three to four minute episode that you're watching on there. And she covers a lot of ground and she does a good job of like asking questions and sort of bouncing the ideas 
off of what she believes and being pretty objectionable about what could be and what, you know, it, it's very informative. So during my deep dive of that, I then figured out that on Christmas Day, apparently, Star Wars wanted to, or is it Christmas Day or whatever, whenever Samuel L. Jackson's birthday is. Happy birthday, Mace. Uh, so happy that, that something about, they're so happy that your story's not done. I was like, what? Are they bringing Mace Windu back? And since then, there's been a lot of stuff on the internet about them bringing his character back that, you know, maybe Palpatine didn't kill him. Maybe he survived when he got thrown out of the window and was electrocuted by Palpatine. Who knows? But there's a lot of fan art out there with him with like a sizzled looking face and like an eye that's glowing purple like his lightsaber and him with a full beard. And I'm like, ooh, that looks cool. <laughs> that really looks cool. There's also been announced that Hayden Christensen's going to come back as Darth Vader. Um, there was a lot of discussion apparently from him about the fact that, you know, no one's going to see my face. They're not, they're not even going to hear my voice because it's going to be James Earl Jones's voice. Apparently they've had James Earl Jones in the studio for a long time, having him record a bunch of audio so that they could use countless amounts of him saying whatever digitally, just in case something happens to him. Anyway, so that's going on. Um, also, I read online that during the first movie, they paid James Earl Jones 7500 bucks to record all of his lines in two days. I guess they didn't know they were going to have such a hit, or he didn't know they were going to have such a hit. Just think of how different Star Wars would be if they'd have just left the original actor's voice. Because he didn't sound like he does. I mean, that voice has kind of made the movie. Think about it. Anyway, um, but Hayden Christensen is the guy. I mean, he's he's got the movements, he's got the body, he's the height, he's the he he is the actor. And they're gonna do probably they they sort of hinted that they're gonna do some flashback stuff with him in the Obi Wan series, um, where you get to see him as he was younger. So maybe that's the workaround. I don't know. Maybe they'll do some some earlier stuff where he was teaching Ahsoka Tano. That would be cool. That would be really cool. Anyway, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I know that this podcast is entertainment for a lot of people, and I know that at times you wish it was something else, and so do I. Um, but I'm not sure what that is. So I'd like to extend an invitation. If anybody out there wants to be part of the podcast, if you want to talk about something, let me know. Uh, I don't mind doing some research. I don't mind watching some stuff. Uh, I've got time on my hands right now. So I do not see myself going down the path of learning how to make videos like Star Wars Meg. Um, if you're interested in what it looks like, check her out on YouTube. Very cool. Somehow she's able to screen grab all kinds of shots from the show and just talk over it like an overlay. But she's, in order to do that, you have to have a plan. You have to have a, basically a script. You've got to time it out and you've got to show the clips in just the right pattern. And you get, listen, it's a lot of production that she's doing and I want to give her credit. So huge shout out to Star Wars Mech. Um, and that's it. If you want to be part of this podcast, let me know. Reach out to me. Say, hey, I want to be on. Let's talk about this. Okay. I can pretty much talk to anybody. Hey, I can talk to myself. Appreciate you guys tuning in every week. Um, 
this is your first time listening, I got a lot of episodes. This is number 279, and we're going to be approaching New Year's this week. So thinking about maybe doing a New Year's podcast. I don't know. What do you think? You guys want to do a New Year's thing? No. Think about it. With that being said, um, I'm going to end this. I always say, please remember rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. May the force be with you. And as always, cue the cow. Uh-huh.